The Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft, Chapter 2, The Tale of Inspector Lee Grass. Before I start reading this chapter, I would like to welcome you if you're new to Kyle Kennard Station 879. I'm your Christian 12-year-old host, Joshua Langto, reporting to you from Washington. I'm really, I'm excited to finish this book. I'm excited to see the indie and stuff like that. Also, we have a big event coming up. Actually, I shouldn't say big event because I have no idea if there even is going to be an event. With 2020 coming up in a couple of days, it's going to be big. End of the decade. It's going to be awesome. And you know what, people? I don't care what you think, what I say, but you know what? Trump 2020. Trump is an awesome president. Puts people in front of him. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Trump 2020. Vote for him in 2020. Anyway, 2020 is in a couple of days, and I'm excited for it. Uh, we're going to be reading Chapter 2 of Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft. Chapter 2 is the tale of Inspector Lee Grass, or Lee Grassy. I don't directly remember if this guy was in the last, in the lap beat. In the in the last episode of Call of Cthulhu, chapter one, the horn clay. But uh, don't directly remember if he wasn't there, and if he was, I don't remember how I pronounced his name. Anyway, old old things that apply. If you do not like horror, I do not recommend this book. I do not recommend listening to this episode. That's what I meant, and all the other episodes. Anyway. Also, old things apply. This book was made around the Civil War time, so people, if there's any racist stuff in here, the person who wrote this thought it was okay because well, this was during Civil War time and they didn't really understand, so if there's anything, I don't mean it at all. And probably if this book was rewritten today, there'd be no racism. Anyway, all... All the stuff that I said last episode about this book applies. Same with what I just said. Uh, we're going to be reading Colca Through Chapter 2 by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, Tale of Inspector Lee Grass or Lee Grassy. And we're going to start in 3, 2, what? Just kidding. Okay. Before I actually do read Chapter 2, I want to tell you all people something real quick. I just played an amazing card game like... Uh, Two days ago or something like that. A couple or something. This game is amazing. It's like the best card game I've ever played. Uh, well, I'm still going to be reading Cold Food Chapter 2, but I just want to talk about this board game real quick. Oh, yeah. I'm sponsoring something. Again. Actually, I have no idea if I'm doing this again. This might be my first time or second time. Anyway, the game I'm sponsoring today is Boss Monster, the dungeon building card game. I love this game. It's amazing. It's a retro it's a retro-inspired tabletop game designed by Brotherwise Game Games. It's really fun. So the ba- the basic plot is So you choose your own boss. You choose a boss. Oh, this game is two to four players, ages 13 and up, 30 minutes. I'm only 12, and I still play this. I don't really agree with the 13 and up thing, but uh, oh well. Okay, so in this game, basically, you are a boss in the dungeon. You try and create your dungeon, and heroes will arrive in the village area. 
and uh, if you if you have enough stuff to attract the heroes, they will come into your dungeon. But you want to make your dungeon strong enough. So, uh, if you get five souls from the heroes, which is their death, if you get them, five, I mean, not five, ten souls, you win. But let's say you get five wounds, which means if at least five heroes escape out of your dungeon, you're dead. Okay. Uh, that's mostly what it is. It's a dungeon building card game. Like I just said! I love it. It's really fun. At least for me. And, uh, there's actually quite a lot of expansions for this. There's Tools of the Hero Kind, uh, and two more, I think? There might be a couple more. And there's also Boss, Mons Boss Monster 2, the next level, and Boss Monster, the Rise of the Mini-Bosses, I think? Anyway, they're really fun card games, I think. Well, I, I only have Boss Monster, the just the original one and boss monster tools of hero kind which is an expansion to it uh i've only played with just the original game not the expansion boss monster but i'm gonna play the expansion soon and it'll probably be really fun so i really make i really recommend game boss monster and it's boss monster and its expansions and other games in the series and I'd like to thank Brotherwise Games if they're listening to this for making a very fun card game. Anyway, back to the Call of Cthulhu Chapter 2 by H.P. Lovecraft. We're gonna start in 3, 2, 1, here we go. Chapter 2 The Tale of Inspector Lee Grass, The Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft. The older matters which made the sculptor's dream and base release so significant to my uncle formed the subject of the second half of his long manuscript. Once before it appears, Professor Angel had seen the hellish outlines of the nameless monstrosity puzzled over the unknown hieroglyphics and heard the ominous syllables which can be rendered only as Cthulhu. And all this in so stirring and horrible in connection that, that it is small wonder he pursued young Wilcox with queries and demands for data. The earlier experience had, came, had come in 1908-17, years before when the American archaeology, I mean, archaeological, wait, uh... Wait a sec, how do you say that? Wait, sorry. Uh, wait. Wait a sec. How do you say this? Wait. <laughs> um. I don't know how to say it. Uh, okay. I don't know how to say it. Um, okay. The early experience had come in 1908, 17 years before when the American archaeological so, I think that's how you say it. So, society, or society, I don't know how you say it. S-O-H-I-E-T-Y, that's how you say it. 
that's how you spell it, held its annual meeting in St. Louis. Professor Angel, as befitted, sorry, one of his authority and attainments, had a prominent part in all the deliberations, and was one of the first to be approached by the several outsiders who took advantage of the con of the convocation to offer questions for correct answering and problems for expert solution. The chief of these outsiders, and in a short time of time, the focus of interest for the entire meeting was a commonplace-looking middle-aged man who had traveled all the way from New Orleans for certain special information unobtainable from any local source. His name was John Raymond Lee Grass, and he was profession he was profession and inspector of police. With him he bore the subject of his visit, a grotesque, repulsive, and apparently very ancient stone statue whose origin he was at a loss to determine. It must not be fancy that Inspector Lee Grass had the least interest in archaeology. On the contrary, he wish his wish for enlightenment was prompted by purely professional considerations. The statue, idol, fetish, or whatever it was, had been captured some some months before in the wooded swamps south of New Orleans during a raid on a supposed voodoo meeting. And so singular and hideous were the rites connected with it that the police could not but realize that they had stumbled on a dark cult totally unknown to them and infinitely more diabolic than even the blackest of the african voodoo circles in its origin part of in its of its origin apart from erratic and unbelievable tales extorted from the captured members absolutely nothing was to be discovered Hence the anxiety of the police for any antiquarian lore which might help them help them to to place the frightful symbol and through it track down the cult to its fountain head. Inspector Legras was scarcely prepared for the sensation which his offering created. One sight of the Dane had been enough to th- to throw the assembled men of science into a state of tense excitement and they lost no time in crowding around him to gaze at the diminutive fi- figure whose utter strangeness and air gen- genuinely abysmal antiquity hinted so potentially at unopened and archic vistas don't know what that means no reckons no reconciled school sculpture had animated this terrible object yet centuries and even thousands of years seemed recorded in its dim and greenish surface of unplaceable stone the figure which was finally passed slowly from man to man for close and careful study, was between seven and eight inches in height and of exquisitely artistic workmanship. It represented a monster vaguely anthropopod, 
outline, but with an octopus-like head whose face was a mass of feelers, a scaly, rubber, rubbery-looking body, prodigious claws on hind and forefeet, and long, narrow wings behind. This thing, which seemed extinct with a fearsome un- and unnatural malignancy, was a somewhat bloated corpulence and squatted evilly on a rectangular block or pedestal covered with undecipherable characters. The tip of the wings touched the back edge of the block. The seat occupied the center, whilst the long curved claws of the doubled-up crouching hind legs gripped the front edge and extended a quarter of the way down toward the bottom of the pedestal. The cephalopod head was bent forward so that the ends of the facial feelers brushed the backs of the huge four paws which clapped the croucher's elevated knees. The aspect of the whole was abnormally lifelike and more subtly feared because its source was so totally unknown. Its vast awesome and and colorable age was um unmistakable i think that's it yet no one link yet no one link did it shoe with any known type of art belonging to civilization's youth or indeed to any other time totally separate and apart its very material was a mystery for the soapy greenish black stone with its golden or Edward and sent flecks of sturations resembled nothing familiar to geology or mineralogy. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, the characters along the base were equally baffling. Sorry. And, yeah. And no member present, despite a repertoire representation of half the world's expert learning in this field could from the least notion of even the remotest linguistic linguistic kinship they like the subject and material belong to something horribly remote and distinct from mankind as we know it something frightfully suggestive of an old unhallowed cycles of life in which our world and our concepts have no part. Sorry. And yet, as the members severally shook their heads and confessed defeat at the inspector's problem, there was one man in that gathering who suspected a touch of bizarre familiarity in the monstrous shape and writing, and who presently told with some diffidence of the odd trifle he knew. This person was the late William Channing Webb, professor of anthropology and princeton united U- university and an explorer of no slight slight note 
Professor Webb had been engaged 48 years before in a town of Greenland in Iceland in search of some runic inscriptions which he had failed to unearth and whilst high up on the West Greenland coast had encountered a singular tribe or cult of degnerant Esquimax whose religion, a curious form of devil worship, chilled him with its deliberate bloodthirstiness and repulsiveness. It was a faith of which other Eskimux knew little, and which they mentioned only with shudders, saying that it had come down from horribly ancient eons before before ever the world was made. Besides, nameless rites and human sacrifices there were certain queer, heterdy rituals addressed to a supreme elder devil or Tun Asuk. I think that's how you say it. And of this, Professor Webb had taken a careful phon- phonetic copy from an aged Angicock or wizard priest expressing the sounds in Roman letters as best as he knew how. But just now, the prime significance was the fetish which this cult had cherished, 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 sorry, and around which they danced when the Europea leaped high over the ice cliffs. It was, the professor stated, a very crude brace relief of stone comprehending a hideous picture of some cryptic cryptic writing and so far so as he could tell it was a rough parallel in all essential futures of the bestal thing now lying before the meeting sorry Sorry. Uh, this data received was suspense and astonish and astonishment by the assembled members proved doubly I mean yeah, doubly exciting to Inspector Lee Grass. He began at once to ply his informant with questions. Have we noted and copied an oral ritual among the swamp cult worshippers his men had arrested? He had been sought the professor to remember as best he might the syllables taken down amongst the diabolist Eskumix or Eskumox. I don't know. There then followed an exhaustive comparison of details and a moment of really odd silence when both detective and scientist agreed on the virtual identity of the first common to to hellish rituals so many worlds distant apart. What in substance both the Eskimits, wizards, and the Louisiana swamp priests had chanted to the kindred idols was something very like this the word divisions being guessed at from traditional breaks the phrase had as chanted aloud quote fingali mugulafa cthulhu relay waganalka fatingam unquote the lee grass had one point in advance 
of Professor Webb, for several among his mongrel prisoners had repeated to him what older celebrants had told them the words meant. This text has given Rand something like this, quote, In his house at Relay, dead Cthulhu waits dreaming, unquote. And now in response to a general and urgent demand, Inspector Lee Grass related as fully as possible his experience with the swamp worshippers telling a story to which I could see my uncle attached profound significance. It savored of the wildest dreams of myth-maker and therapist, and disclosed an astonishing degree of cosmic imagination among such half-castes and paras, I think that's how you say it, as might be expected to possess it. <clears throat> On November 1st, 1907, there had come to the New Orleans poli- police a frantic summons from the swamp and lagoon country to to the south. The squatters there, mostly primitive but good-natured descendants of Lafitte's men, were in grip of stark terror from an unknown which had stolen upon them at night. It was a voodoo apparently... Wait, sorry. Apparently, but voodoo of a more terrible sort than they had ever known, and some of their women and children had disappeared since the malevolent Tom Tom had begun its inconsistent beating far within the black hunted, haunted woods where no dweller ventured. There were insane shouts and harrowing screams, soul chilling chants, and dancing devil flames and the frightened mes- messenger added the people could not could could stand it no more so a body so a body of 20 police filling two carriages in an automobile had set out in the late afternoon with the shivering squatter as a guide at the end of the passable road they alighted and for miles splashed on in silence through the terrible crepus woods where day never came ugly roots and malignant hanging nooses a spanish moss beset them and now and then a pile of dank stones or fragment of a rotting wall infested by its hint of morbid habitation a depression which every moleformed tree and every fungus insult combined to create at length, the squatter settlement, a miserable huddle of huts, hove in sight. The hysterical dwellers ran out to cluster around the group of bobbing lanterns. The muffled beat of tom-toms was now faintly audible far, far ahead, and a curdling shriek came at infrequent intervals. When the wind shifted, a reddish glare too seemed to filter through the pale undergrowth beyond endless avenues of forest night. Reclent 
even to be left alone. Again, each one of the cowed squatters refused point blank to advance another inch toward the scene of unholy worship. So Inspector Lee Grass and his 19 colleagues plunged on unguided into black arcades of horror that none of them had ever trod before. The region now entered by the police was one of traditionally evil repute, substantially unknown and untraversed by white men. There were legends of a hidden lake, unglimpsed by mortal sight in which dwelt a huge formless white polypus thing with luminous eyes and squatters whispered that bat-winged devils flew above the caverns and the inner earth to worship it at midnight. There said it had been there before. Dewiberville? I think this is it. Before Lost Silly. Before the Indians and before even the wholesome beasts and birds of the of the woods it was nightmare it still it was nightmare it st- itself and to see it was to die but it made men dream and so they knew enough to keep away the pr- the present voodoo orgy was indeed on the merest fringe of this abhorred area but that look but 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 that location was bad enough hence perhaps the very place of the worship had terrified the squatters more the shocking sounds and incidents only porch poetry or madness could do justice to the noises heard by lee grass's men as they plowed on through the black morass to to the ward the red glare and the muffled tom-toms but there are vocal qualities peculiar to men and vocal qualities peculiar to beasts and it is terrible to hear the one when but it is terrible to hear the one when the source should yield the other animal fear and orgastic like lichens i think that's it here whipped themselves to demonic heights by howls and squawking ecstasies that tore and reverberated i think through those nighted woods like presidential tempests from the gulfs of hell now and then the less organized Yotation would seize, and from what seemed a well-drilled chorus of horses' voice would rise and sing, and sing song, chant that hideous phrase or ritual. Quote, Fingoli, Mugalotha, Cthulhu, Rely, Wagalaka, Nafalinkia. Unquote. Then the men, having reached a spot where the trees were thinner, came suddenly in sight of the spectacle itself. Four of them reeled and one fainted. 
and two were shaken into a frantic cry, which made the mad cacophony of the orgy fortunately deadened. Lee Grass dashed swamp water on the face of fainting men, and all stood trembling and nearly hypnotized with horror. In the natural glade of the swamp stood a grassy island of perhaps an acre's extent, clear trees and tolerably tolerably dry. On this now leaped the it and twisted a more in, indescribable horde of humans uh, abnormally than any but a sime of Angola could paint. Void of clothing, this hybrid spawn were brain bellowing and writhing ab about a monstrous a ring-shaped bonfire, in the center of which, revealed by occasional rifts in the certain of flame, stood stood a great grantee monolith some eight feet in height, on top of which it congrues with its diminutiveness. I think that's how you say it. Rested the noxious carven statue statue from a wide circle of ten scaffolds set up at regular intervals with the flame girt monolith as a center hun headed downward the oddly married bodies of helpless squatters who had disappeared. Sick. Stay a little brief. Uh. Okay, sorry. Okay, I was just taking a little breath. It was inside this circle that the reign of worshippers jumped and roared. The general direction of the mass motion being from left to right and endless. Bactional between the reign of bodies and the reign of fire. It may have only been imagination and it may have only been echoes with it which induced one of the men an acceptable spaniard to fancy he heard antiphonal responses to the ritual from saw from some far and illumin illuminated spot deeper within the woods of ancient legendary and horror this man joseph d gullives I later met and questioned, and he proved distractedly imaginative. He needed, I mean, he indeed went so far as to hint of the faint beating of great wings, and of a glimpse of shining eyes and a mountainous white bulk beyond the remotest trees. But I suppose he had been hearing too much native superstition. Actually, the horrified pause of the men was comparatively brief duration. Duty came first, and although, there, and although there must have been nearly a hundred mongrel celebrants in the throne, the police really relied on their firearms and plunged determinedly into the nauseous route. Four, four. For five minutes, the resultant den and chaos were beyond description. Wild blows were struck, shots were fired, and escapes were made. 
sorry. But in the end, Lee Grass was able to count some 47 stolen prisoners whom he forced to to dress in haste and fall into line between rows of policemen. Five of the worshippers lay dead and two severely wounds, wounded ones were carried away on improvised stretchers by their fellow prisoners. The image of the monolith of the course was carefully removed and carried by the back by Lee Grass. Examined at the headquarters after a trip of intense strain and weariness, the prisoners all proved to be men of a very low, mixed-blooded, and mentally aberrant type. Most were seamen in a sprinkling of negroes and multitudes, largely West Indian or Brava Portuguese from the Cape Verde Islands, gave a coloring of voodooism to the het wait sorry het or Guinness cult but before many questions were asked it became manifest that some danes far and deeper and older the negro fetichism some was involved degraded and ignorant as they were the creatures held with surprising constancy to the central idea of their loathsome fate faith they worshipped so they said the great old ones who lived ages before they were any men and who came to the young world out of the sky those old ones were gone now inside the earth and under the sea but their dead bodies had told their secrets and dreams to the first men who formed a cult which had never died this was that cult and the prisoners said it it had always ex- existed and always would exist hidden in distant waters i mean wastes and dark places all over the world until the time when the great priest cthulhu from his dark house in the mighty city of reali under the waters should rise and bring the earth again beneath his sway someday he would call when the stars were ready and the secret cult would always be waiting to liberate him meanwhile no more must be told there was a secret which even fortune could not extract mankind was not absolutely alone for the conscious things of earth four shapes came out of the dark to visit the faithful few but these were not the great old ones no man had ever seen the old ones the carven idol was great cthulhu but none might say whether or not the others were precisely like him no one could read the old writing now but things are told by word of mouth the chanted ritual was not the secret that was never spoken aloud only only whispered the chant meant only this in his house at reli dead cthulhu waits dreaming only two of the prisoners were found saint enough to be hanged and the rest were committed to various institutions all denied a part in ritual murders and averred the that the killing had been done by black winged ones which had come to them from their immemorial meeting place in the haunted woods i mean wood but of those mysterious allies no con 
coherent account could ever be gained. What the police did extract could came mainly from an immensely aged mestezo named Castro, who claimed to have sailed to strange ports and talked with the undying leaders of the cult in the mountains of China. Old Castro remembered bits of hideous legend that paled the suspicions of theosophists, I think that's how you say it, and made man and the world seem recent and transient indeed. There had been eons when, when other things ruled on the earth, and they had great cities. <sighs> Remains of them. He said the deathless Chinamen had told them they were still to be found as cyclopean stones on islands on the, in the Pacific. They all died vast epochs of time before men came, but they were arts which could revive them. Them, them when the stars had came round again to the right positions in the circle of eternity, they had indeed come come themselves from the stars and brought their images with them these great old ones castro continued were not composed altogether of flesh and blood they had shape for did not for did not this star fashioned image prove it prove it sorry Uh, for did for did this not star fashioned image prove it but that shape was not made of matter. When the stars were right, they could plunge from world to world through the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. They all lay in stone houses in the great city of Reli, preserved the spells of mighty Cthulhu for a glorious resurrection when the stars and the earth might once more be ready for them. But at that time, some force from outside must serve to liberate their bodies. The spells that preserved them intact likewise prevented them from making an intentional move, and they could only lie awake in the dark and the th- and think whilst uncounted millions of years rolled by. They knew that all that was occurring in the universe, but their mode of speech was transmitted thought. Even now they talked in their tombs. When after infinities of chaos the first men came out, the great old ones spoke to the sensitive among them, but by moldering their dream by molding their dreams, for only thus could their language reach the fleshly minds of mammals. They whispered, then whispered Castro, those first men formed the cult around small idols which the great old ones shooed them. The idols brought in dim air from dark stars that cult would never die till the stars came right again and the secret priests would take great Cthulhu from his tomb to revive his subjects and resume his rule of earth the time would be easy to know for then mankind would have 
become as the gray old ones. Free and wild and beyond good and evil, with laws and morals thrown aside, and old men shouting and killing and revealing in joy. Then the liberated old ones would teach them new ways to shout and kill and reveal and enjoy themselves, and all earth would flame with a holocaust of ecstasy. I mean, ecstasy and freedom. Meanwhile, the cult, by appropriate rights, must keep alive the memory of those ancient ways and shadow forth the prophecy of their return. In the elder time, chosen men had talked with the entombed old ones in dreams, but then something happened. The great stone city, the great stone city Reli, with its monoliths and sepulchres. I think that's how you say it, had sunk beneath the waves and the deep waters full of one primal mystery through which not even thought can can pass had cut off spectacle, spectral intercourse. But memory but memory never died, and high priests said that the city would rise again when the stars are right. They came out of the earth, the black spirits of earth, moldy, moldy and shadowy, and full of dim rumors picked up in ca- ca- caverns beneath the forgotten sea bottoms. But of them, old Castro dared not to speak much. He cut himself off hurriedly, and no amount of persuasion or subtly could elect more in this direction. The size of the old ones, too, he curiously declined to mention of the cult. He said that he thought the central lay amid and pathless deserts of Araba, where Iron, the city of pillars, dreams, dreams, hidden and untouched. It was not sorry, it was not allied to European witch cult and was virtually n- unknown beyond its members no book had had ever really hinted of it though the deathless chinamen said that there were double meanings in the necronomic of the mad arab abdul alhazard which the in in might read as they chose especially the much discussed couplet Quote, that is not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange eons even death may die. Unquote. Uh, we're just stretching. Okay, sorry. Ligras, deeply impressed and not a little bewildered, had inquired in vain concerning the historic affiliations of the cult. Castro apparently had told the truth when he said that it was it was wholly secret. The authorities at Tulin University, sorry, the authorities at Tulin University could shed no light upon either cult or image. 
And now the detective had come to the highest authorities in the country and met with no more than the Greenland tale of Professor Webb. The feather, the feverish interest aroused at the meeting by Lee Grass's tale corroborated as it was by the statue is echoed in the su- subsequent correspondence of those who attended. Although scant mention occurs in the formal publicans of the society, caution is the first care of those accustomed to face occasional carlanderny and imposter. Lee Grass for some time lent the image to Professor Webb, but at the later at, but at the later's death, it was returned to him and remains in in his posse- in in his possession, where I viewed it not long ago. It is a truly terrible and unmaskable akin to the dream sculpture of Ian Wilcox. Okay. Um. Okay, sorry. That my uncle was excited by the tale of the sculpture. I did not wonder for what thoughts must uh, must arise upon hearing after a knowledge of what Lee Grass had learned of the cult, of a sensitive young man who had dreamed not only the figure of the exact hieroglyphics of the swamp-found image in the Greenland Devil Tablet, but had come in his dreams upon at least three of precise words of the familiar formula uttered alike by esquisism a diabolists and mongrel louisians professor angel or angels instant start on investigation of the utmost thoroughness was immediately natural though privately i suspected young wilcox of having heard of the cult and some indirect way and of having invented a series of dreams of dreams to heighten and continue the mystery at my uncle's expense the dream narratives and cuttings collected by the professors I mean, professor were of course strong collaboration but the rationalism of my of my mind and the ex- extravagance uh, the whole subject led me to adopt what I thought the most sensible conclusions. So, after thoroughly studying the manuscript again and collaterating the theosophical and anthropological notes with the cult narrati- narrative of Lee Grass, I made a trip to Providence to see the sculpture and give him the rebuke. I thought proper for so boldly I'm op- I'm posing upon a learned learned and aged man. Wilcox still lived alone in Fleur de Lis building in Thomas Street, a hideous Victorian imitation of 17th century Breton architecture, which flaunts extuccoated front admis the lovely colonial houses on the ancient hill and under the very shadow of the finest georgian steeple in america i found him at work in these room uh, at in his rooms and at once con at once con 
succeeded, I think that's what you say, from the specimen scattered about that his genius is indeed profound and authentic, he will, I believe, sometime be heard from as one of the great descendants. For he has crystallized in clay and will one day mirror in marble those nightmares and fantas- fantasies which author Machen evokes in prose, and Clark Ashton Smith makes visible in verse and in painting. Dark, frail, and somewhat. Sorry. Uh, dark frail and somewhat somewhat unkempt in aspect he turned languidly languidly I think that's how you say it at my knock and asked me my business without rising when I told him who I was he displayed some interest for my uncle had excited had excited his curiosity in, in probing his strange dreams yet Yet had never explained the reason for the study. I did not enlarge his knowledge in this regard, but sought, but sought was was some subtlety to draw him out. In a shorter time, I became convinced of his absolute sincerity, for he spoke of the dreams in a manner none could mistake. There and there, subconscious. Residum had influenced his art profoundly, and he shewed me a morbid statue whose contours almost made me shake with the potency of its black suggestions. He could not reveal he could not recall having seen the original of this thing except in his own dream base relief. But the outlines had formed themselves insensibly under his hands. It was no doubt the giant shape he had raved of in delirium that he really knew nothing of the hidden cult. Save from what my uncle's relentless catechism had let fall, he soon made clear, and again I strove think of some way in which he could possibly have received the weird impressions he talked of his dreams in a strangely poetic fashion, making me see with terrible vividness the damp cyclopean city of slimy green stone whose geometry he oddly said who oddly he oddly said was all wrong, and here with frightened expectancy and ceaseless half mental calling and half mental calling from underground quote Cthulhu Fatigan. Unquote. Cthulhu, quote, Cthulhu Fatigan, unquote. These words had formed part of that dread ritual which told of dead Cthulhu's dream vigil in, in his stone vault at Relay, and I felt deeply moved. Despite my rational beliefs, Wilcox, I was sure, had heard of the cult in some casual way and had soon forgotten it amidst the mass of equally weird readings and imagining. Later, by virtue of its sheer impressiveness, it had found subconsciousness, expressions, expression in dreams, and the base relief and the terrible statue. I now beheld so that 
that is imposture imposture upon my uncle had been very innocent one had been a very innocent one the youth was a type at once slightly affected and slightly ill-mannered which i could not never like but i was willing enough to know to admit both his genius and his honesty i took leave of him amicably and wish him all the success his talent promises the matter of the cult still remained to fascinate me and at times i had visions of personal fame from researches into its origin and connections i visited the new orleans talked with Lee Grass and others of that old-time raiding party, saw the frightful image, and even questioned such of the Monregal prisoners as still survived. Old Castro, unfortunately, had been dead for some years. What I now heard so graphically at first hand, though it was really no more than a detailed confirmation of what my uncle had written, excited me afresh, for I felt sure that I was on the track of a very real, very secret, and very ancient religion whose discovery would make me an anthropologist of my note. Of note. My attitude was still one of the absolute materialism as I wish is still is still where, and I discounted with almost an acceptable perversity the coincidence of the dream notes and odd cuttings collected by professor angel one thing i began to suspect in which i no fear i no fear i know i now is that my uncle's death was far from natural he fell on a narrow hill street landing up from an ancient waterfront swarming with foreign mongrels after a careless push from a negro sailor i did not forget the mixed blood and marine pursuits of the cult members in louisiana and would not be surprised to learn of secret methods and poison needles as ruthless and as anciently known as the cryptic rites and beliefs lee grass and his men it is true, have been let alone. But in Norway, a certain seaman who saw things is dead. Might not the deeper inquiries of my uncle, after encountering the sculptor's data, have come to sinister ears? I think Professor Angel died because he knew too much, or because he was likely to learn too much. Whether I shall go as he did remains to be seen, for I have learned much now. That is the end of the cult, the cult of Cthulhu, chapter two. Chap, uh, that's the end of cult of Cthulhu, chapter two. In next episode, or maybe the episode after next episode, or who knows when will we be reading. The Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft, Chapter 3, The Madness from the Sea. Um, well, that's the end of Chapter 2 of Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft. Maybe next episode or the episode after next episode, we will be reading Chapter 3, 
of Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft, The Madness at Sea. <coughs> I'm excited to read it. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Interesting story. Am I right? I don't know if you guys directly get it because there's some old English in there, I think. Some harder words to understand. Some words I don't understand myself, but I get the whole main idea of the story. Oh, yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I had a... Wait, how about we talk about something real quick? I haven't even talked about this yet. Did you have a good Christmas? Because I did! I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I mean, I certainly did. I hope you do, too. I don't know when you're celebrating it, but I had a very Merry Christmas. I got some awesome gifts. I went to my church service, the Christmas Eve service, and I just had a good Christmas this year in Washington. Uh... Oh yeah, and the Call of Cthulhu Chapter Two. Uh, maybe next episode. Uh, episode after. Uh, next episode we'll be reading Call of Cthulhu Chapter Three by H.P. Lovecraft, The Madness at Sea. And uh, this is your Christian twelve-year-old host Joshua Langto reporting you from Washington, in America. Uh. Uh, have a good day. I hope you have a good day. Not saying you will. Just hope you do. Um. Uh. Have a good day. God bless you all. Trump 2020. Oh. You know what? Wait. This deserves a pop of my cap. I have a cap in here. Yes, I do. Wait. Oh, yeah. Wait. Wait. Okay. Oh yeah, who's ready for some pops of a cap gun? You should see it, my cap gun. Maybe I could do it for the thumbnail of this episode. If you want me to. Why am I saying that? If, 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 if you want me to, no one's going to be talking to me about this episode. I need to publish it. Uh, anyway, I hope you have a good day in America, or whatever you live. Uh, Trump 2020, oh yeah, vote for him if you're allowed to vote. Don't, like, hack any of the systems or something. Yeesh, just let the voting take place, America. And, I hope you have a good day, Trump 2020, God bless you all. Hope you have a good day, God bless you all. I just said that again and again, oh yeah. God bless you all. Have a good day. Trump 2020. Here's my cap gun. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Now everything's all smoky. Smoky. Okay, anyway, have a good day. God bless you all. Trump 2020. Happy. Hope you have a good day. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. In a couple of days. Oh, yeah. Probably gonna do an episode on New Year's Day. Hope you have a good day. We're gonna do one more pop of my cap gun. Oh, oh, wait, that, that failed. Oh, yeah. Okay, hope you... Ugh, it's all smoky again. Smoky. Okay, happy you have a good day. God bless you all. No, but, uh, uh, Trump 2020, uh, happy New Year's, happy Merry Christmas. Um, uh, have a good day. This is your Christian host and 12-year-old host. 
reporting to you from Washington Live. Josh Malenko, have a good day. Merry Christmas, Trump 2020. Happy New Year's in a little bit. Merry Christmas again. And, uh, good, uh, bye. Uh, let me say that again. Good, uh, bye.